Thank you at all our campuses and that amazing. You are called, you are loved, you are kept, and God sees you. Do you wonder, though, are you making a difference? Do you feel like you don't have what it takes and you don't measure up to other moms? Maybe you just hope somebody one day will be able to call you mom, or you're grieving, or you're single, or you're unmarried. Did you gravitate to the failures and the judgment or to the words of incredible legacy? Maybe you can't see the forest for the trees. Funny thing about forests, you know, I have been on many hikes and, and walked through many forests. And this past October, my daughter-in-law, Rachel, and I walked through a redwood forest. These trees were amazing. They were huge. And there's one tree called the Hyperion, which is the tallest living tree in the world, 380 feet tall. That's pretty tall, isn't it? And there's a sign, and it says, as a visitor, you must decide if you will be part of the preservation of this unique landscape, or will you be part of its destruction? Kind of sobering words. And I thought, well, that's good for moms just to kind of tuck back away, right? See, the Hyperion doesn't always measure up to its height because the trunk is really small in comparison to some of the other trees. And even though it's 380 feet tall, you can't see all the way to the top because it's so tall. And so it can't even be observed from the ground. And there's a lot more what would seem to be impressive trees because their trunks are so big and they just fill the sky and the landscape. So let me ask you, in a lot of ways, the Hyperion, the largest tree in the world, seems to be a mom a tree moms can relate to. Do you feel like you don't live up to the hype sometimes that is said to be of a mom? Maybe you can't see the forest for the trees. Let's see if we can back up and not isolate our focus. Something that can help you maybe embrace some of these things is a common phrase, live, love, laugh. How many of you guys have ever heard that phrase before? Awesome. Well, we're going to do that today together. And so that we can look at our family tree that is meant to be looked at from a heavenly point and not down here on our earthbound perspectives. Can we welcome all the moms? If you're a mom, will you stand? If you're a mom at any of our campuses today, will you stand? Come on. Help me honor them. They deserve it. This is their day. We love you. We appreciate you so much. We're so thankful. You can have a seat, and as they have a seat, I just want to take time to honor my mom, Barbara Duncan, who's watching online, and my amazing mother-in-law, Pat Stevens, who treated me like her own daughter for 39 years. Welcome to all of our campuses joining us on Mother's Day, and we're grateful if you chose to be part of us at Faith Promise this weekend to celebrate our moms, and as mother of this house, can I just say, welcome home. We're so glad that you're here. Today, we're going to live, love, and laugh live. I can now look back and say that my children indeed live. I did not kill them, okay? Nor did I allow Pastor Chris to kill them. So I feel like I've, I've, I've got that one check. Love. And I was thinking about love and thinking about how God gives us unconditional love for our little children. Is that a gift or is that a curse? I mean, I don't know. Unconditional love, you know, sometimes you know, it's, it's, it just puts you to no end. Laugh. I love to laugh. And, you know, my kids knew if they could make me laugh, 
that they could get out of the wrath of God of whatever I had in my hand that I was going to bring. You know, the shoe could have been a wooden spoon, could have been the belt, but they knew if they could get me to laugh that I may not follow through with it. Pastor Zach would make faces, you know, roll his eyes. And then Micah on the, my backswing would be warming up his comedy routine. And then there was sweet little Faith who kind of got the brunt of our our first time parenting skills, she didn't know what to do, but you know, you can see the pictures that the boys tormented her. And it's funny to laugh at now as they were chasing her with snakes, turtles, frogs, whatever they found in the Louisiana gullies. And she never quite knew what they might be up to next. Because uh, let me tell you, my family loves to laugh together. So how can we live and love, live, love and laugh together as a church family and in your own homes? First, let's look at live. Okay, live is life, and life has a source. A tree is a great symbol and example in scripture of the source of life that God has for us. So confession, I turned 60 in February, and it's always been my prayer that my life would bear fruit and my ministry would bear fruit and that fruit would remain like it says in John 15. And so I began to reflect and look at my family tree. How was I going to accomplish this? I thought about my mom and her family. She, her, both her parents were rooted deep in the church, but they were also rooted deep in their community. They did a lot of things in the community because they wanted their faith outside of the walls. And so my mom, not just standing beside my dad, leading worship, working with students or whatever, she did Bible studies. She discipled women. And I would catch her at the kitchen table having her quiet time. And she would often boastfully say, I'm praying so-and-so out of your life. Thankfully, it wasn't pastor, right? And so, um, but she taught me how to pray. She taught me, empowered me to be a godly woman and a leader. She would, uh, when I was little, she would um, give me tools to do backyard Bible clubs with my friends in the neighborhood. And then I loved high school. I did not want to leave high school. I loved it. Did not want to go to college. And she put me in the car, drove me to college orientation, and kicked me out of the car. And so I'm thankful now, because I would have never met pastor, but my mom empowered me to be a godly woman, and I'm so thankful. So then I look at my dad's side of the family. He had five brothers uh, raised by a mom, a widowed mom who, whose husband died very young, but she always had them in church, always taught them the truth. And do you know she led worship into her 80s? And so my dad, being an FBI agent, we were always up north, and he was always part-time, not part-time, volunteer staff for small church plants and led worship and worked with students. You know, and so I look back on that amazing legacy and think how my parents would take me on, on visitation, taught me how to win my world, would take me on mission trips, made me sing in front of people. I hated it. Made me play the piano in front of people. I hated it, but I'm so thankful now, so thankful now that, you know, I could look down the hall and see my dad praying at night. What, a, what an incredible legacy. How could I make sure that this wasn't passed down? Some legacies are meant to be passed down, right? And so, and then there's other legacies I think of that last from generation two. Generation three. That's right. Generation, And I love that picture of me and my mom and Faith and Bella, four generations right there. And I can't wait to see what God has for our future. Maybe you've heard the expression, if a tree falls in the woods and there's no one around to hear it fall, 
does it make a sound? Why do, why do people come up with those weird phrases? I, I don't know. But let me ask you this. If faith grows in you, but no one around you hears it or sees it, does it make a difference? Well, of course, when a tree falls, it makes a sound, right? Even if there's nobody there. But of course, your faith is making a difference if nobody else sees it or nobody else hears it. And so I just think about some of the scriptures that I've read over the years. And one of the scariest scriptures for me is in the book of Judges. After Joshua died, it said, And another generation grew up that knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. I did not want that to happen, not for my family, not for your family, and not for the students and young, young adults represented at Faith Promise Church. So I began to look up some verses, some legacy verses. And one's in 2 Timothy 1 through 5. And this is Paul writing to Timothy, says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you that was first dwelled in your grandmother, Lois, and then your mother, Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you in, as well. Isn't that amazing? And then I looked at some other verses on longevity in Psalms 92, 13, and 14, and this was one of our faith promises verses. Planted in the house of the Lord that they will flourish in the courts of their God, growing in grace that they will still thrive and still bear fruit and prosper in their old age. And that's what I want for me, right? That's what I want for my family. I want my children and their children and their children to have the legacy and longevity of faith that's available to them. Is that your desire, Mom? Yes? Okay. That's my desire as well. But it takes more than us just hoping, right, or wanting it to happen. We have to prepare and plan them for that as much as we prepare and plan them for other things. First, we have to teach them to live. We want to help them to discover their purpose. I want them to live life, a life of purpose and on purpose. And see, I also want to teach them that our source of life is not people, places, or things. But then I have to remind myself, we lose strength and lack confidence when we turn our blessings of God into our source. So, Mom, let me ask you, are your children your source? I've, I've been guilty, right? Have your children become your value? Nothing sucks the life out of you faster than those little boogers, let me tell you. Mom, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I got a potty. You know, I have a game here and there and everywhere to borrow. Or the school projects that they do, right? And so it, it just, it's draining. And when naps and quiet time are in short supply, the best thing you can do is just simply recognize that you're running on empty. And that you need to refuel. When we're depleted physically and we put ourselves in spaces where there's no room to grow, we live under a canopy. Let's live under a canopy of grace and not under the shade of condemnation and guilt. Because we can do that, can't we, moms? Pastor Zach talked about last week about entrusting our self-worth to the one who judges justly and to the one who can judge our priorities. Man, it really spoke to me. I took so many notes last weekend. I was so thankful for that. So we've traversed the trees in the forest up to this point to live. Now let's look at love and how to teach our kids how to love. We've got to teach our kids to love God and love people, don't we? Here's how Moses um, wrote in the Bible in Deuteronomy 6, 5, and 7. 
He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. He said, these commandments I give to you today to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down. Talk about them when you're at home, when you go along the road, and when you get up. So these are the things how we can impress upon our kids. Loving people for who they are, but whose they are. And help them win the world. King Solomon, the wisest man in the world, reminds us in Proverbs 11.30, he reminds us of this. That the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who is wise wins souls. You know, I want to be wise and I want my children to be wise. And as we talk about love, can I just be transparent and be a mom for a minute? I want to know my kids love me. I mean, I know up here, but I want to know. You know what I'm saying? I want to, I want to feel their love. And, you know, sometimes we get so tired, you know, that, and, and life gets so scattered. It just, it just doesn't always feel that way, does it? So, sons, if you're listening, say I am. Oh, my gosh. Come on, you mama's boys. Don't be ashamed if you're listening, say I am. Oh, my gosh. Daughters, how about you? Are you listening? Oh, my gosh. Come on, sons. Let me tell you, I'm a boy mom. I get it. You're never too old. You're never too old to tell mom you love her. Put your arm around her, hug her, and tell her you love her. Can I give you some tips on how you can love your mom? Okay. Number one, you can honor her, which means to love her unconditionally. Sometimes honor isn't earned, but you honor anyway and love unconditionally because God will honor you. Love her whether she gives or she has nothing left to give. Sometimes she's just depleted. Don't take her for granted. Don't assume she knows how you feel. And sometimes you just have to show her that you love her, right? Understand her sympathetically. We mothers go through a lot of seasons with hormones and emotions and all the crazy, so give us some grace. Here's another way to love her. Listen to her. But sometimes you have to listen with your eyes because she's not always speaking what she wants you to hear. Remind her that she's needed. Because here's what the enemy does. He lies to us moms because he knows it's so important to us that we're not needed or we're valued. Because let me tell you, even when she's old, she doesn't have anything to give and she's not strong enough to help in any other way, she can pray, right? So the ways I'm telling you how you can love your mom, can I tell you, that's how she loves you, right? Right, moms, is that how we love our families? That's right. So we've talked about living life. We've talked about loving. Now let's talk about laughter. This is my favorite part. I love to laugh. Proverbs says, laughter does good like a medicine. And have you ever used laughter for other things? I, I use it for a lot of things. And I have this laugh that my, my kids make fun of me, that <laughs> laugh, you know. I've used it when I want to deflect, it, let's say, embarrassment. So... In our first church, I'm going to tell you a little story on Pastor Zach. We had an elder who was, um, let's say, follically challenged. And he looked at him and said, Mr. Melvin, where's your hair? <laughs> you know, Zach, let's go. Or you walk all the kids into the same bathroom, right? Because somebody might get them if you let them go in separate bathrooms. So walk them all in. Gosh, Mom or Mimi, it stinks in here. And you can see the feet under the stall shift. And <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> Or sadness, when they're heartbroken, or there's mean girls, you know, all those things. And you're trying to 
make something funny happen just to deflect that. Or frustration. This is pastor's favorite one. When he's really mad or frustrated, I don't know what happens. But this laugh in me starts to happen. And um, I'm trying not to because I know it just makes him mad. But I, I, it, it's... It starts as a wiggle, and he'll say, well, why don't you just wiggle for me, Michelle, you know? And I can't help it. And before long, it kind of diffuses the situation. And so laughter is a great thing. And so here's a verse that I, I memorize, and it's very important to me, so much so that I buy stickers, put them on my journal, on my Bible, and everything. And it's Proverbs 31:25. She's clothed with strength and dignity, and she can laugh at the days to come. Now, in that part of my Bible, it says she's clothed with strength and dignity. I put calling instead of clothed because it's my calling to be strong. It's my calling to not become weary in doing good, knowing at the proper time I'm going to reap a harvest if I don't give up. That's my life verse in Galatians 6, 9. So I hope you hold on to those things. Mom, stop taking yourself so seriously. Lighten up. Not just on the scale, lighten up everywhere. Remember who your source is, where your source is, where your value and your self-worth comes from. You should never have to explain or defend your parenting choices to anybody. When do I take the pacifier away? What about potty training? Do they sleep in our bed? Do I nurse or bottle feed? Am I homeschooling or am I putting them in public school? Let me tell you, that'll, that'll suck your joy. That'll suck the laughter right out of you. It's called comparison. And comparison will steal your laughter or steal your heart. Let's, let's just look at that again. Comparison will steal your laughter or S-T-E-E-L, your heart. Because, Mom, we have to have hearts that are soft but thick skin, right? You may say, hey, Michelle, I don't have your legacy or your family tree. But let me tell you, even godly ones are dysfunction. <laughs> I just choose to have a different perspective because you can't spell dysfunction without fun, right? It's right there in the middle of the word. It's right there in the middle of my dysfunctional family and my dysfunctional parenting. And I just have to laugh. I have to enjoy that. One translation in that Proverbs 31 verse says, she smiles without fear of the future. You know why? Because God is the planter and the pruner and protector of your family tree. You gotta know that down deep. And let me tell you about some other women, just real quickly, that were also in the Bible. There's Jochebed. Anybody know who Jochebed is? It was Moses' mom, just, just, just a little Bible lesson. And she floated her son out into the Nile River full of alligators because she wanted him to live. She wanted him to have a good life. And Pharaoh's daughter found him and raised him. Let me tell you, Jochebed gave her son up for adoption so that he could live. And what a legacy Moses brought. Then there was Rachel, who I call the ultimate hashtag boy mom, which I can relate to. Her sons were always fighting. Even in the womb, they fought to see who could get out first. They literally tried to kill each other. You know who they are, Jacob and Esau. Jacob's name was later, later changed to Israel. What a legacy, right? And then there was Rahab. Rahab the harlot. I don't need to define that for anybody, do I? Okay. Rahab, and that's what the Bible calls her, Rahab the harlot in Matthew is listed in Jesus's family tree. Isn't that amazing? That their legacy <clears throat> was not defined by their failures. 
Their legacy wasn't defined by what other people said and thought about them. Students, I want to just tell you just a little backstory. You know the song that you heard coming in is called Family Tree by a singer-songwriter, Christian artist, Matthew West. And so he makes himself very available to his audiences, whether live or, you know, in digital um, communication. And this girl contacted him and said, hey, I don't know what to do. My life is so messed up. My parents, they were always fighting always screaming, always yelling. Our house was full of turmoil. My dad left my mom for another man. And my dad was laying on his deathbed. And as he was dying, my mom felt it was her duty to come say goodbye one more time. On his deathbed, they were screaming and yelling. She said, I was sitting on the couch outside of the room with my dad's lover. And my dad's lover turned and looked at me and said, that's your family tree. She said, I don't know what to do. And you know what? He took the time to tell her, hey, that's not your legacy. That's not your destiny. That is not your meant to be. And not only did he tell her, he wrote the song so that we could enjoy and remind ourselves, right? You know, let me t- it reminds me of what FP kids workers do and FP students because they help our kids know whose they are and what their legacy and destiny is. You have an opportunity to speak life over people. And so whether you're young or old, you have a legacy. So students and young adults, don't ever, don't ever think this is, hey, this is, a, this is a message for adults. This little tree I bought when Rachel and I did that little hiking thing in the Redwood Forest. And uh, this is going to be a Redwood tree sometime. Uh, I bought it, all of the grandkids won, and I bought them back in October. Uh, they're in my laundry room, still in a little tube, okay? But what it says is you gotta, you got to take care of the roots if you want it to grow to be a massive tree. And so young adults and students, go ahead and start looking at the, the roots. Moms, dads, grandmas, let's, let's start looking at the roots. Because just as seasons change, winter into spring, you're bringing new life to your family tree. And the time is now. Let's look at a verse in Jeremiah 17, and it says this, blessed is the mom who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is in the Lord, for she will, not, she will be like a tree planted by the water that extends her roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, but her leaves will be green, and it will, she will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. I just want to give you enough scripture to water and fertilize and I'm, what's going on in your family tree. And I pray that you can feel the wind of the Holy Spirit fresh and new as it blows through this forest, these trees that are going to be for him. So um, we're going to have a response time right now at all of our campuses. And our teams are getting ready. Our prayer counselors are getting ready. But right now, I want to read a very familiar passage of scripture over our moms today. So... Moms, if you're listening, say, I am. Okay, I want you to close your eyes. You can listen and close your eyes. I know, I know. So as I read this, I want you to think about as this being to your family. The spirit of the Lord God is upon mom because the Lord anoints her to bring good news to the humble. He has sent her to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim release to the captives and freedom to the prisoners 
to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So mom will be able to present her children and they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of his glory. Amen. Can everybody just stand to their feet as we prepare time to respond? Listen, you don't have to be a mom to recognize your family tree and what God's doing. And let me tell you, at, at all the crosses, maybe there needs to be some pruning done. Maybe there needs to be something restored. You can take time and put that on the, and just leave it at the cross. Or our prayer counselors will, will pray pruning prayers over you and ask, speak life over you. Maybe you want to light a candle with a smile, smiling at the future, knowing that it's about God. And you're bringing new life to your family tree by being able to elevate above the earthbound perspective to see the forest with the trees. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we just come to you right now and we are asking you to help us really, really know that we are called, loved, and kept. Holy Spirit, we release you right now in Jesus' name to reveal the things that need to be pruned, to reveal the things that need to be restored, and God, you would breathe new life right here, right now. And we pray in Jesus' name.